This is episode 198 of IDRA Class Notes. As a school leader, first we have to make sure that do we have the proper mindset? Do we view our children here at the school knowing that they come with these experiences and these linguistic accomplishments and do we build on them? Building on what they already have and valuing what they already have because then you're going to have their effective filter come down, you're going to see them want to learn because they feel connected to the community, they feel connected to the school, and then they take ownership of their learning. Welcome to IDRA's Class Note Podcast. I am Dr. Nilke Aviles, and I am at Mark Twain Dual Language Academy with Mr. David Garcia, who is the principal of the first wall-to-wall dual language academy in Bear County. And we're here to talk a little bit about English learners and the success that you have had at your school. We know that English learners' success in many ways depend upon strong school leaders. And leaders today have to address the challenges of communities that now have more English learners, and in some cases they have to respond to the students who speak multiple languages. But in spite of these challenges, many principals keep in mind the common good of all, and have a growth mindset, and they strive to level the playing field equitably. These leaders are very successful, as with urgency and intentionality, they innovate, they inspire, they empower their staff to serve their diverse population. I feel you're one of these leaders that took the realm of Mark Twain's Dual Language Academy, and with your vision, you're having not only bilingual students, but biliterate and multicultural students that have excelled in spite of the odds that they have had to endure. Can you tell me, Mr. Garcia, how did you innovate at your school? What practices do you have in place as you address the needs of your student population to ensure that they are successful? Well, first off, bienvenida. Bienvenida, Mark Twain, Dual Language Academy. Gracias. The innovative practices, you know, our population does change, as we know as principals, as school leaders, and so it's our responsibility to respond to that change and provide always the best quality education we can. So the innovative practices really have to do with what we know, with what research says about English learners. They come with a, with a whole background of schema, cultural and linguistic knowledge. And so as a school leader, first we have to make sure that do we have the proper mindset? Do we view our children here at the school knowing that they come with these experiences and these linguistic accomplishments? And do we build on that? Because it is not about wiping away their identity. As you know, language is part of their identity. It's about building on what they already have and valuing what they already have. Because then you're going to have their effective filter come down. You're going to see them want to learn because they feel connected to the community. They feel connected to the school. And then they take ownership of their learning. Now, as a school leader, we have to make sure that we're providing that opportunity to learn. So one of the things that we do is you said innovation, right? We are using a lot of the work of uh, Dr. Kathy Scamilla with regards to Literacy Square. And I know that other programs, they do you know use some of the strategies, but here at Twain, and this is under the leadership here um, in SAISD, Dr. Olivia Hernandez and her team developed a biliteracy framework that really took the work of Kathy Scamilla and really put it into practice. As the campus leader, it's my job that that implementation takes place and it takes place well. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, 
providing a quality education for kids. So it's really going to be about developing a whole curriculum around the latest research and the latest research for language learners, whether they're English dominant or Spanish dominant. They're both language learners, and how do we make them high bilingual, biliterate students? Excellent. How do you inspire then also the parents? Interestingly enough, like all of us, we want to feel like we're connected and we want to feel like we're heard. So I try to reach the heart of the person. You know what motivates them. You know what what they're about. And so with our parents, I'm here very, very uh, humbly, and I basically approach them, very approachable. I want to have very... Um, comfortable conversations, make them feel comfortable, make them feel like I'm able to connect with them. And maybe they know something a little bit about me personally, or I know something about them personally, just to make that human connection. Once we establish that, then you you have trust. And so by having that trust, then the parent, the student, the teacher, they open up to what their dreams and hopes and their passions are. So that establishing that connection is very important. The other thing that I would say is that I'm very transparent. You know, we share with them, hey, here's the goal. Here is that long-term goal, the long-term vision, and what we see at the end. And so it's my job to continually focus them there and inspire them and say, yes, we're getting there, and keep them going with that. I'm glad to hear that because you acknowledge their voices. Yes. And that's important. That's really important. So how do you balance the learning of a new language along with that rigorous academic content that students need to master? And what support systems do you have in place to be able to reach the curriculum standards? Well, the curriculum standards are the standards regardless of the language. So I would say that we were going to start off, first of all, with the biliteracy frameworks that we have here at Twain. Um, And we're constantly revising them and constantly refining them in that sense to provide a good structure. So first of all is valuing the amount of time that is given to both languages. By the time our students get to third grade, their language arts block, half of it is in English and half of it in Spanish, and it's sustained that way all the way up. Second of all, some of the practices that we have in place, well, we're using a lot of these sheltered instructional practices. Sometimes the practices are in English, sometimes they're in Spanish, depending on what the content area is being taught and in what language there is a target language there. But we want them to make sure that they have access to all the content, regardless of the language. Now, one of the other things that we do quite well, I think, is, and I see this with our teachers, is they provide a lot of the time for the students to interact with our language partner because now you're creating authentic experiences where the kids are interacting and with the target language and with the academic language. So we encourage a lot of like, no, 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 no. We want you to use the vocabulary. And so then by providing structured language like sentence stems and maybe some visuals, some vocabulary that is in both languages, I think that supports all students. Empowering staff is critical. So how do you do that to support teaching and learning, which is going to translate into English learners' academic achievement, promoting that dual literacy that you are wanting to achieve? Well, Dr. Aviles, you know, one of the things that, um, that I've seen over the years in my career is when teachers feel empowered, they go beyond what you expected. But in order to do that, as the school leader, I have to say this is the minimum. This is the standard. This is where we start. 
and we expect teachers to get to this point. And so for my teachers, my teachers are there. So the next question is, tell me what you want to do with this now. I recognize their strengths and I say, hey, I see this already and I see your passion. How else can you take these strategies or these, this framework and really make it yours? One of the comments that I usually make is, how do you hit the ball out of the ballpark? So we have those conversations on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think one of the other ways that I empower teachers is that I create systems and structures here at Twain where they're able to collaborate, and not just for planning purposes, but collaborate so that they look at each other's work in a safe environment, and they're able to kind of share ideas. And you would be surprised some of the conversations I have, like, oh my gosh, you've already started that. I haven't started that yet. I was thinking of doing it this way, but I like the way you laid it out. So they're they're sharing ideas right there in the moment. So there's a lot of that feedback amongst the teachers, but then there's the feedback that I provide or my instructional coach provides or my assistant principal. And we do believe in coaching right there in the moment. I don't want to send you an email later on when you're out of the context of that coaching moment. I'd rather do it while you're in the classroom. And while I'm in the classroom, in a non-threatening way, I ask the teacher, hey, try it this way now. What do you think about doing it this way? Mm -hmm. And so it's a kind of a clinical type of way of practicing things, but still within the school setting and the school time. Good to build that craft. Yes, you know, like yes, coaching yes. and mentoring. Yeah. And especially when it is from among teachers. Yes. You know, not only from the administrative point of view, but also from the teacher's yeah. point of view. Yeah. So visibility is crucial. Yes. So based on your vision, what do you recommend to fellow administrators in the role of servant leaders? to produce successful outcomes that you have had at your school? What can you tell others? <laughs> well, first of all, I would say love what you do. And I love exactly what I do. I love coaching teachers. I love coaching kids. So love what you do. But most importantly, really know your community and really strive to meet their needs, all their needs, their social, emotional needs, their cultural needs, their linguistic needs because all of that is going to come into play if you're going to make them academically successful, if you're going to give them the tools to self-actualize as they get older. And so that all has to come into play. We don't erase our background. We don't erase our identity. We build on what we have. And so kind of going back to what we started this conversation with the growth mindset, you know, as a the campus leader, I have to have that growth mindset, not just for myself and for the teachers, but for the kids and what they bring in. So you have to start with that. And if you don't understand the purpose, the fundamental purpose of dual language, then you're going to struggle with that. And you have to have that ultimate vision in mind. The other thing that I would say is that you have to share that vision again and again and again with everyone and you have to repeat it and repeat it because then not only do your kids your teachers but even your parents and community they're able to articulate and say oh at that school all they talk about is this you know mr garcia all he talks about is dual language and the cognitive benefits and the other benefits that come from being a highly bilingual biliterate socially cultural competent person. Mm -hmm. Well, all of that comes into play if you're making a academically successful person. And so that's important. And I know you do it well. Thank you've you. Done, you've Thank done you. it well. And 
it shows. Do you have, just to close, just a few words of wisdom you want to share with parents and community leaders? Language takes time, like anything else. Trust the process and trust your child. Give them time to blossom and flourish. Support the school in its process because it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen eventually. And when it does, you will reap the rewards. So trust. Thank you so much, Mr. Garcia, for all these words that you have shared with all of our audiences. Dr. Aviles, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.